As the Beatles once said, all you need is love. And boy, is that a true statement. As we begin our series on relationships, we're joined in this episode by former guest Nancy Locke and her wife, Meredith Baxter. Yes, that Meredith Baxter. Both Nancy and Meredith offer a candid and vulnerable insight into their relationship and how through adversity, trauma, and fear, their relationship has not only endured, but continues to evolve and get even better each day. I hope you'll join us for this special love story. So here's our conversation with Nancy Locke and Meredith Baxter. There are two basic motivating forces, fear and love. When we're afraid, we pull back from life. When we're in love, we open up to all that life has to offer with passion, excitement, and acceptance. Coming to you from our studio in Santa Barbara, California, this is the Fear Me Out podcast. We're not your typical self-help program. Our show takes a deep dive into those psychological issues that affect us on a daily basis. We hope to shift your perspective and have you experiencing emotions differently. Now here are your hosts, Kim Foskey and Dr. Dana Saperstein. All right, so this should be fun. It should be. Okay. Better be. Yes. Oh, Nancy, welcome back. Thank you for having me back. And, and Meredith, thanks for coming. Glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, for... Um, our audience, uh, Nancy Locke and, and Meredith Baxter, are our guests today. Um, they are a married couple. Uh, Nancy has been a previous guest, and, and we're going to kind of continue on that conversation um, that she briefly touched on when she was here a couple months ago about her relationship and finding her her person uh, kind of later later in life. Um, so again, um, I was looking forward for the last month uh, for you guys to come and, and do this episode because um, we're starting this series on, on relationships and, and I couldn't think of a better two people uh, to start this series with. So again, 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 welcome and again, look forward to, to this conversation. So I don't know which one of you would like to, to start and, and kind of begin where, how, how you guys met and how this all happened. Hmm. Well, you kind of have to start with that because you because you made you approached Sarah. Okay, I'll, I'll, how we met? Uh, we met. Uh, it's kind of a strange way. We, Meredith and I came from very different worlds. There was absolutely no reason why we met. I mean, it wasn't like you know we hung out with a group of same people or we went to the same places or it was completely out of left field that we met one another. Um, I was seeing a therapist at the time and I was, I was seeing her as my personal therapist. And along with that, I belonged to a women's group that she had. She had a women's group on Tuesday night and she had a women's group on Thursday night. Meredith was in the women's group on Thursday night. I didn't know anything about Meredith. I just knew about the women that were in my group. And um, I was coming out of a horrible relationship and I was involved with somebody that was completely wrong for me and I was at a pretty dark point in my life. A lot of, uh, I knew that I needed to make a lot of changes in my life, which is why I was seeing a therapist. <laughs> and uh, Well, that was a good start at least. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so it, one of the things that came to to my realization was that I had a, uh, a drinking and alco alcohol and drug problem and that it was interfering with the life that I wanted to have, the life that I thought I should be having. And uh, so th that was a well-known fact in that women's group because I was very open about that. And I had talked to, so I brought it up in group that, you know, I, I wish that I could meet some women. I, wasn't, I didn't say I was looking for a girlfriend. I just said, I, I wish I could meet some women that that were, you know, more interested in the things that I like to do. And, you know, right now I'm involved, I'm all, all my friends are party people, and that's what we do is we go out and we party and have a great time. And But I'm looking for somebody to have a serious conversation with or to go look at art with or to go look at theater with. And, you know, I just wanted something different. And uh, 
my therapist at one point suggested to me that I might want to speak to somebody in her other group that's a sober woman. She thought it would be a good thing for me to speak to a sober woman about wanting to become sober. And so I said, okay, great, give me your number. And so she gave me Meredith's number, just gave me a number, and, and she checked it out with Meredith. And she didn't give me her last name or anything. She just said, this is her number. So I finally gave her a call, and I said, hey, I'm thinking about getting sober, and uh, can you talk to me a little bit? And so we talked on the phone for uh, about, I, I, I would say, I don't know, six months or so. We would well, Not frequently, but... Yeah. You hadn't met each other at all? It was nope, just a phone? Never, uh, never met each other. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not unusual in the so sober world. You know, people don't know who they're calling. Right. And uh, the fun thing, from my point of view, um, is that uh, other Sarah has sent other people to me because I'd said, if you have anyone who wants to get sober, happy to take them to some meetings and talk to them. So uh, getting a call from Nancy was nice. I knew a little bit about her, um, and but... The mode is basically to get her talking. Talk about what's going on for me, where you are and everything. So I was learning a lot more about you. And um, I really, uh, I might have told you something about my my past and my experience with alcohol and how I got sober and all that. I don't remember if I did or not. Very little. She didn't, you didn't really talk anything about yourself. It was mostly me. I was, you know, I mostly just like cried to you. <laughs> like my life is, That's my life is falling sign. apart and I don't know what to do and, so, so was the the relationship over the phone was more of a confidant? Like yeah. Meredith had been through this process yes. before, got herself sober. Yes, and so she was more of a support mechanism for you. Exactly. At that point. Okay. Exactly. So she had invited me to meet her at a couple of AA meetings, and I attempted to meet her. And I I was living in LA at the time, of course, and I was living in Silver Lake, which is on the east side, and she was living in Santa Monica, which is on the west side. <laughs> So, Which isn't that far apart, except for traffic. <laughs> traffic. Three so for me to try to get to these meetings I was trying to meet her at, I, I would, would, for some reason or another, I, I couldn't find the meeting. or so We never got to meet. Long story short, we never got to meet. But we talked on the phone. And then, it's, so I was going to a couple of meetings on, in, in, in Silver Lake area. And then I decided, you know, I'm not really an alcoholic. I don't really need to do this. I'm not going to go to meetings. So I stopped calling her. And How long you... Had you been in AA when you decided to? Probably a couple of months, maybe. Okay. I didn't really. So it was new to you it still? It was new. It didn't okay. really stick with me. I just kind of was dabbling in it. And so I stopped calling her because I wasn't going to go to meetings. And about six months, maybe three or three to six months later, I was saying to Sarah, you know, I still really wish I could find some people that were, some women that were more like-minded to me I'm you know I'm kind of lonely out here trying to I don't want to meet people in a bar I don't and she said you know I don't know why you don't call Meredith and I said well that was about me getting sober not about me finding a friend and she said well you could probably still call her as a friend so out of the blue I just called Meredith and I said hi I don't know if you remember me but I was wondering if you'd like to have coffee with me sometime and she said sure let's have coffee and uh so we made a date to have coffee, and did you, uh, sorry to interrupt, but did, did you feel any connection with her at that time? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Okay. I just felt like I had no idea. I didn't in my mind's eye. I didn't conjure up an image of what she might look like or who she was at the time. Kim, it was all about me. Right. I was in distress. I was in a bad place. I needed somebody to talk to. Um, so we made a date to meet at, at Starbucks on this particular day. And, um, I said, I, I, I don't know what you look like. How should I know who you are? And she said, well, let's just see if we can find each other. Just like, oh, just wow. out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just see if we can find each other. I, I kind of like that actually. <laughs> yeah. Went, okay. Well done, Meredith. No description of like, well, I'm blonde and I have, you know, I'm, I'll be wearing a, a, you know, a blue coat or something like that. So I, I was get to Starbucks and I was running maybe five minutes late. So you did, but you didn't also didn't know about her acting background nope. or any of that. She never mentioned nope. any of that. I'm just Meredith and nothing. This is who I am. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. So I get to Starbucks. I'm running about five minutes late. Park my truck. Depends <laughs> 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 what kind of clock you're using. Yeah, is that what you're saying? <laughs> there was some debate Meredith on that. Meredith always gets everywhere five minutes early. Oh, okay. and I always get everywhere five minutes late. So, okay, the, maybe the, in her head it was 10 minutes late. Well, that mm -hmm. makes you as a couple on time, though, right? <laughs> Sometimes. So, <laughs> so I, I was uh, 
kind of running to Starbucks and I, as I was walking into the door, the door opened and a woman was walking out and it was Meredith. And I looked at her and it kind of was like, how do I know this woman? Uh, and I said, Meredith? And she said, yes, I'm Meredith. And I went, okay, you're, are you, you're Meredith. And she said, yes. And then it clicked in my head she, who she was. She was Meredith Baxter. I recognized her as being a TV actress. And I was like, oh, my God. And I looked at her and I said, maybe you could have told me who you are. <laughs> you might have been on time, you think? <laughs> and she, she looked at me and she said, why would I do that? Yeah. And I, I was like, I, that would be weird. That you said, By the way, I'm Meredith Baxter. So we turned around, and she was leaving because she thought I was not showing I up. I was going to get a book, something to fill the time. <laughs> because someone was late. So we, we walked back into Starbucks, and we sat down, and we got a cup of coffee. And we had this connection that was instantaneous in, not in like, oh, my God, this woman is beautiful, and I want to be with her. It was just like, oh, wow, this is a really interesting human being. And our conversation was really easy and immediately in depth and immediately uh, talked about things that we were, it wasn't all just about me. We were having a conversation and it was like, yes, this is, this is, this is a yes to me. And um, so I had no idea that Meredith was gay. I didn't know anything about her. I just knew that she was an, an actress and, so I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I have to cut this. I have, to, I have to go to my women's group. It's right down the street. I have to go to my women's group now. So I, But I would love to spend some more time with you sometime if that's possible. And she said, okay, that'd be great. And she said, and, and I'm, I'm actually literally up out of my chair, putting them on my jacket and leaving. And she goes, and the woman I'm dating right now. And I went, what? Wait, what? <laughs> and so I sat back down and I said, okay, Am I allowed to swear on this show? Absolutely. I said, okay, so shut the fuck up and back up a second. I said, are you trying to tell me that you're gay? And she said, uh, yeah. So so you didn't have that feeling or that wasn't a topic of discussion nope. when you guys were face-to-face? No. And so you didn't get that at all? No. Nope. Okay. No, nope, not at all. So I was like, okay, wait a second, you're gay. And she, I said, that that's maybe something you might would have told me too. And she again said, how do I say that? Why, yeah. why, is <laughs> why does that it matter? Exactly. Right. Why does it matter? And I said, well, you know, it, it, it just would have been good information for me to have. It's just, it makes a difference, I guess. And so I sat back down and we talked for a while longer and um, we did decide to see each other again. And uh, so we had met for coffee several times and every time I spent time with her, it was just, I just was so interested and curious about who she was she was just a fascinating human being to me and it wasn't about her being a star it wasn't about any of that it was it, I mean obviously she's a beautiful woman and but I just had this connection with her that was uh undeniable mm-hmm. I couldn't I was like I don't know what's going on here but this is unexpected um did you feel the same way, Meredith? Was it was it uh, a, a equally a draw for you? Um, I wasn't there yet. I I was I really liked her, and the reason I said that about the woman I'm dating, because I'm thinking she's gonna leave, and she won't know. I don't know how to say it, so I just said. That is, is such a non sequitur from where we were. <laughs> and she, that's why she kind of looked at me and then sat down and went, what, what? So I, I just threw that out there. And uh, I didn't really have an end to the sentence except someone I, I was spending some time with that I, there was nothing to pursue. D- did many people in your life at that time know your lifestyle? Anyone close to me. Do, okay. Yeah. My kids, my kids okay. knew, and uh, anyone close to me. But not the work world. It was the work world I was protecting. Right. Um, but I really liked her. Just, I, I, I'm an isolated person. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not gregarious. And um, I didn't know many people. Um, but Sarah, the therapist, had told me just a little bit about who I'd be meeting. And so I knew that you were a gay woman. And I, so I was prepared for that. 
which piqued my interest too because I hadn't didn't have a lot of gay friends to spend time with. So I didn't want to let an opportunity pass, not like, hey, honey, take my number. <laughs> it was just, I, I want to see you again. So were, were you in a relationship at that time? I wouldn't call it a relationship. Okay, but you had somebody that you were, view, okay. She was dating. Okay. So when did the romantic attachment start to happen? How long was it that you guys were hanging out before you started to really feel? A long time. Was it a long time? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it was a long time. It took, it took us a long time. Uh, we went on lots of, we went to lots of lectures and we went to go, we went to lots of museums and we Galleries. went to, um, we, spent a, we spent a lot of time together just talking and talking and talking and becoming friends. And during that time I was like, uh-oh. I've got feelings for this woman. Darn, that's not a good idea. This is not a good idea. I just, I did, I'd never dreamt that she would feel the same way back. And I even spoke to, to our mutual therapist about it. I said, you know, I I have feelings for her, and it, I don't know what to do about this. But you didn't mention it to Meredith, mm-hmm. though. And she said, oh, oh. <laughs> You mean like girlfriends? You want to be like girlfriend? I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, I said, I just have feelings for her. And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't thinking that for, that for you guys at all. So oh. I, I was like, well. That well. ship sailed, Sarah. <laughs> I was like, I can't help it, Sarah. This is how I feel. We already went around that corner. <laughs> that's, that's like malpractice so, coverage. Yeah. Well, yeah she yeah, knew yeah, that. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, she explained. So were you afraid to tell her oh, about God, how you yes. feel? Because you thought she would run 100 miles in the other direction? Yes, I thought for sure she would be like, there's no, first of all, she was seeing somebody. Right. And, um, you know. Well, well now she says it was only casual. Though. Well, I didn't, I didn't really, you know, I, I wasn't. I didn't no, ask I quite a lot of questions like, so are you guys really into each other or what's the story with this woman? I was just, I would, the time I spent with her was the time I spent with her. And then I would just look forward to the next time I would spend time with her. I told all my friends that I was having, you know, like, oh my God, I'm seeing this woman and I'm crazy about her and I don't know what to do. And was your, time, was your time together consistent though? Or were you spending weeks apart and then getting back together type thing? Or? There was a fair amount of time between. Yeah, there would be time in yeah, between, I, like a week or two, because you were traveling a lot. You were working a lot. Traveling, still. and also, I, I came from a series of really bad marriages and stuff, and I was really defensive. You know, it's like, I liked you, but I don't trust you as far as I could throw you. Just not really her personally, but just anybody. So, because you, so you weren't looking really to get into a relationship per no, se. No. Okay. You know, even if it had crossed my mind, it was like I am. I was just the defense stuff came up so fast. I was like, okay, but you know, I'll spend time. You know, I just couldn't. I couldn't let her get close because I. <coughs> my experience had been if I open up too much, and I give someone space, they take it over. I lose my voice. I'm in trouble, and I disappear. And um, I all I had always I thought that it was this, the person I was picking that was doing that. Now, to a degree, that was true. But there's also a, something was going on with me that I didn't know how to control anything. I had no voice, and the only way, only voice I could have was no. Now, Nancy said at one point, um, "Is it okay if I leave just a, just a pair of sweatpants? Just a pair of sweatpants, like in a shelf." Somewhere here, is that okay? And I said, I, there, there's no room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she not, was tough. Not, not for a pair of sweatpants, for yeah, sure. She was yeah. tough. She didn't was want, tough. Didn't want to get a foot in. That, so not to spend way too much time on how we finally made that jump. No, but I think it's, I, I do think it's important though, because she puts up this wall. Oh, yes. Right? Indeed. Big wall. And so it's, it's, if you're not confident enough and obviously you had feelings for this woman and you wanted to see how far you, you could probably take it. Right. But she's putting constantly putting up this wall. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how do you get, how do you get around or over the wall or how does Meredith finally put the wall down? Well, it because was, I think we all come, I think mm-hmm. we've all had relationships or continue to have relationships where that's a common theme. Yes, that's true. I, I, you know, it was, you know, it's, 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 a, it was a lot of, a lot of, finally just one night I just decided I'm just going to tell her how I feel you know what's the worst thing that can happen is she could say I don't feel the same way about you but I'd still like to be your friend so but I felt that I felt like I was being dishonest spending time with this person and having these feelings and not telling her what was going on with me 
So it, it's, we probably had been spending time for about, I would say, probably about three months. Mm-hmm. Three months by the time I finally said, you know, I've got something. I remember I, we were standing outside of her house, and I was like, I, you know, it's really hard for me to say this to you, and I don't know how you're going to take it. And I just want you to know that I'm finding that I'm having feelings for you. And um, a long silence. And I went, okay. And she looked at me and she said, I feel the same way about you. And so we madly, passionately kissed. <laughs> and, uh, and it was, well, I, I, I didn't really feel bad about this till later, till I understood how hard this was for you. But I wasn't available emotionally in a sense. You know, I loved everything about you. I had great fun with you. I loved your spirit and your anim- how animated you were, how funny you were, the great stories you tell. I loved the way you looked. I just, I loved kissing you. I loved everything about that. But don't mess with me. Right. Don't hurt me. It wasn't, it wasn't like yeah. we fell into a relationship like that. It was really rocky for a good year. Even yeah. after, even after the passionate. Oh, yeah. 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 But so that. That when you guys exchanged the mutual feelings, was that that was only three months into the courtship, though, right? Yeah. At yeah. that point, yeah. So the wall came down f- for your part at least a little bit within that three months. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it did. I but, mean, you let her in. But I mean, you know, I don't remember what it was like for you during this time. But you know, I I loved everything about it. But it wasn't until you know we and we had a great deal of fun and we traveled a lot and we spent time with my kids and. My son likes Peter likes her more than he likes me. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it wasn't until we broke up after about a year, both of us we had some. So I think you were upset because I wasn't, um, I wasn't out, and that well, was there was a lot of things. It was like you you were not totally into the relationship. It was it was you know come here go away. Um, the fact that you weren't out and you wanted me to hide our relationship when we would be seen in public was not okay with me. Um, you would walk down the street and holding hands, and if you saw somebody you knew, you'd drop my hand. Uh, if we were at a meeting together, you would never let anyone know that we were actually together. So I was hidden. Yeah. And it, uh, I, that, it was like, you know what? That's not okay with me. I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody that I that wants to hide me. Um, and I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody that keeps pushing me away and then pulling me back in. And that I don't want to be in a relationship with somebody that where I don't know where I stand. Mm-hmm. Um, was it you that in, that uh, came up, decided it was time to stop? It, well, it was kind of, we got into a pretty uh, big, uh, actually, Dana, it was our one and only fight. Oh. We have never had a fight since then. Really? Yep. Ever. And the fight was about the re- the uh, nature of the relationship? Yes. And it was, uh, it was a pretty big fight. And uh, we were at her house, and uh, she said, I think the, I, 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 I Oh, we went upstairs, we went to bed, and I was so upset, I just turned my back to her. And that was very painful for Meredith, that I just turned my back on her. I didn't, I wasn't available for conversation anymore. I was just like, I just want to go to sleep, and I just want to go to work in the morning, and I just want to be done. And um, I figured we'd talk the next day, and things would maybe be better, but things were not better. And she asked me to leave and asked me to get the, my things that I did have in the house out, asked me to give the key back. And so I thought, okay, we're done. And we broke up, and that was hard. It yeah. was very painful. Meredith, was that, I don't want to say that, <clears throat> was that a pattern <clears throat> in your previous relationships of, of that or not? Or, or, this was something new to you as well in, in dealing in this situation. Um. What have what have both of us felt abandoned in our individual ways, and um, it felt so intense to me, and it reminded me very much of how I'd felt in, in um, a couple of the marriages, and uh, I'd sworn I was never going to do that again, and so I, the only thing I knew to do was say that's it, and I didn't know how to have a conversation about it. I just knew how to go stop. 
you know, that was, it's all self-protection. So it, uh, it brought up that familiar feeling again that you had experienced in your prior relationships in that way. So how long were you, how long were you guys separated? I, one, one week. Probably one week that we were separated. And during that time, we were both seeing Sarah. Sarah's getting a lot of shout outs today. I was going to say, Sarah, Sarah's the conduit Sarah, here, right? Sarah, yeah, she was. Yeah. She's this amazing woman, but she, she was seeing both of us. And uh, at one point she asked me, she said, Nancy, you know, I want to ask you a question about relationships. And that is, there's all kinds of relationships that people have. There are kinds of relationships where you go to the movies and you have a great time and uh, it's all about laughing and having fun. And that's the relationship. There's not, there. that's it. And lots and lots of people have that relationship and they do fine with that relationship until they're not having fun anymore. And then they leave the relationship and go find another one. She said, there's also another kind of relationship that's a spiritual relationship. And that's the kind of relationship that changes your life. And which kind of relationship are you looking for in, with Meredith? And I said, oh, God, I want that spiritual relationship. I want to be with somebody who's going to change my life and I'm going to change their life. That's, that's what I want. It's, it makes me cry just to think about the question and, and the... You're getting me a little verklempt here as well. So yeah, saying it, that. It, was, it was such an intense question and such an intense feeling that came up from like knowing exactly what I was looking for in my life at the time. I was, I was 50 years old. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I don't want to be in relationship with people that it's just, I'm just being here. I want to be with somebody that is, wants to get in it with me. And I didn't think that Meredith was going to be that person. Clearly, she made noises that that wasn't what she wanted to do. It wasn't what she wanted, or could you tell that she was afraid to let herself go I could tell she was afraid. She wasn't ready to do that. And I wasn't going to, I can't make somebody do that. I can't push somebody to do that. So it was like, okay. And then Meredith was asked the question. I went to Sarah for my, my session. And she posed the same questions to me. I do want to be in there. And I said, oh, I want the movie kind. I want the movie kind. Because I, you know, I wanted fun. I'd know how to control that. That'll be fine. You wanted Disney. No, right? I didn't that want enough? Disney. But I want laughter. I want to have fun. I want to have no yelling. And she said, oh. Nancy said she wants a spiritual relationship. And it was like, immediately, I said, she did? I do too. I do too. That's what I want. That's what I want. If she wants that, that's what I want. And I swear to God, that's... Hmm. I, I changed at that moment. I think. Yeah, it was a pretty big change. So, Nancy so. told me that because I called her as soon as I got out of there. I said, we are, we are, we are back on, as if I'm just going to speak for you about your, your relationships. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what else ex- I said, except we're going to go take that trip that we were going to take back east to my son's party. And I just, I want it. I just want to be here. Did you find that it was easier to breathe when you made that decision? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I was so used to not breathing. Yeah. You know, it was just it was just I was just doing what I knew to do. You know, I couldn't defend it. I knew I wasn't hard easy for her, but that was all I had. But, you know, everything changed then. Because I felt I felt so present with you. I felt uh, I felt devoted to you. That's you know, that I wanted to see where this all took us. And it's been really incredible you know we we at, at that point of course we decided that now what we wanted to do is we were going to get get into couples counseling with with sarah because we wanted to make sure that we did this relationship right mm-hmm. um and so we wanted to learn how to talk to each other we wanted to learn how to listen to each other we wanted to learn how to um we wanted to learn how to do it differently this time in our lives because we'd, we'd both been in, in, in lots of relationships that didn't work 
So we wanted to know how to be in a relationship that did work. And we also, it was really important for both Meredith and I to not give up ourselves. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things that we went into with saying to one another is like, I still want to be me. I don't want us to be, you know, this, this, this couple that doesn't have its own individual life because we want to make sure that we keep bringing that back to one another. You know, like what makes a relationship still sexy? What makes a relationship still exciting? And, you know, I, my personal feeling is what makes a relationship exciting and sexy and still, you know, enthralling for people is if that if each individual shows up as this, you know, interesting human being that is still bringing something to the relationship, that's still a curious individual, that's still seeking, that's still, that you don't give up, that you don't give up and just go through the motions, that it's, you know, Meredith and I work on our relationship every single day. Every single day is we make sure that we tell each other how much we love each other. Every single day we ask one another, what can I do for you today? Um, is there anything that you need from me today? Is there anything I can do for you? And um, there is not a day that goes by that we don't tell each other how much we love each other multiple times. And there'll be times I'll be working in my studio and I'm like, you know what? I don't think I told Meredith I loved her today. So I'll make a point to go up and find her and say, I didn't tell you I loved you today, did I? She said, I think you did, but I could use another <laughs> one. You know, so it's it's really important for us to keep that that love piece active. So you, you both have the understanding that that the relationship is a constant evolution. Yes. That it that mm-hmm. your partnership continues to grow and will continue to grow. Yeah. Do you mind if I rent you guys out to some of the people that I see? <laughs> well, I was gonna I was gonna call you guys relationship forward. That's what I think about it when you're actually proactive, right? That you guys saw. It was interesting because I think Sarah brokered your reconciliation without realizing she was brokering your reconciliation, right? And that you both had kind of the same epiphany, right? And then got back together thinking, okay, we really want this to work how are we going to make this work? And, and really proactively thought out, let's proactively look at these steps of how our relationship is going to work and how it's going to grow into the future, mm-hmm. which I won't speak for Dr. Saperstein here, probably isn't the norm in doing things. No, it's not. The, I mean, I, I've made that joke because most people, when they fall in love, believe that the relationship should take care of itself. And if it doesn't, then there's something wrong. Mm. Whereas in any other part of your life, you would not have that fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is you do, um, you're going to put work into it and pay attention to it. And if it's not working, you're not going to say, well, it's, you know, it's broken. You're going to try to do what you can to make it, you know, to fertilize the, the, the gardener or whatever. But it's fault finding. You, know, it's to stay, you want to stay away from the fault finding and right. blaming. And that's what we, you know, that's a trap we didn't want to find. Well, and I also tell everybody the reason why I can do what I do is because we're not talking about me, and so I'm not going to get defensive. Because when people start to try to work out their issues, they get really defensive very quickly because um, if I say to you, I want, I, I don't get enough of you. I want to spend more time with you. It's usually said with resentment. Mm-hmm. Even though it's the greatest compliment you can ever pay to another person, which is I want more of you. It doesn't come out in a complimentary way. So the love gets lost in the pain. And the resentment. And it sounds like if you're letting the other person know how much you love them on a very regular basis, then the resentment of feeling lonely or being um, not properly cared for doesn't build up in your relationship to a point where then you start to get mad at each other. And then when you're paying the compliment of I want more of you, it doesn't come out that way. Yeah. You know, Dan, I think one of the biggest tools that we got from uh, early in our relationship was... Uh, learning how to listen to one another and um you know the 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 exercises that sarah would give us were that we still use all the time Mm -hmm. were when there was a situation where i was feeling something i've got some feelings about something i didn't just go you know you really pissed me off when you do this it would be i needed i need to talk to you about something 
and I need for you to listen to me about something that's going on with me. Do you have time to do this right now? And she would either say yes or no, and or I don't have time right now, but like I have time in, in an hour. And so we would set time aside, and whatever that issue was, Meredith would was allowed to t- tell me everything that she wanted to tell me, and I can't interrupt her. But what I do is I repeat back to her what she has said to me. Mm-hmm. So and it's it's amazing when you do that, then you become a re- a, a listener. Instead of just taking in the information and waiting for your turn to say yabbit, 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 yabbit. So it's, you know, you know, what you the thing that you said to me the other day really hurt my feelings and I'm not really sure what to do with that. And I'm my pause is, okay, so something I said to you the other day really hurt your feelings and you're not really sure to do with it. Do I have that correct? And it takes a lot of time to do that. It's a, it's a process, and then it would be my turn to respond, and she has to listen and repeat to me. But it became such an incredible tool that I started using it in, all, uh, in my other relationships. And I, at, the, at the time, I had several employees, and instead of me just walking onto a job site and saying, I'm all pissed off at you guys about something, it would be like, hey, let's talk about this. This is what's going on for me. Why don't you tell me what's going on with you? And it, it's amazing how, when you become a listener, how it can change your relationship. And so that's why I said that was our one and only fight, because when we get into a situation where something is bothering one of us, we don't go, fuck you, or, you know, I don't think we've ever said that to each other. Uh, it's, oh, I'm having a reaction right now. I really need to talk to you about something. And this is, is going to be a hard one for you. So this is, a, this is hard for me. It's going to be hard for you to hear this, but I really need for you to hear this. You know, you're talking about something that I also try to encourage people to consider, which is that if you listen, then you're not formulating your answer before right. the person's even done with their exactly. sentence. Because that's what most people do. Because they feel hurt and defensive, they're, they're not even listening to the person after the first two or three words because they're reformulating inside themselves what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. In return, and then you know, the next thing you know, nobody's listening to each other. Yeah. How are you going to resolve anything if you're trying to be right? Can Can I give an example of what she just talked about? Sure. Um, yes, just yesterday, um, we were out involved in a sport and stuff, and um, Nancy and I were on different teams, and something was going on with her and the other person on the court. There, you know, everyone their friends and stuff, and, and I decided something was going. I don't know why I did, but I did. And it was like, well, I, I'm, I'm being targeted about something here. Is it, wait, what? I, I was so upset. But meanwhile, we're involved in the game, and I, I'm just like struck. I can't, I can't believe what's going on. I'm so, I'm so upset. Why? Why? And I was, I, I couldn't remember the scores. I, I, my ball was going out all the time. And, and I was just so not present. And, it took me about 30 minutes, but I went, what the fuck are you doing, Meredith? I was so not present. I was so not present, and I started to get scared. I thought, I cannot carry this back to the car. This is, this is dangerous for me. The situation wasn't dangerous, but the way I was feeling was really out of control. We got back to the car, and we kind of talked. We talked on the way back to the car. I'm not saying anything. I don't want to show what a stupid ass I am. We get in the car, and Nancy said, was that fun? Was that fun for you? And I said, yeah, yeah. I said, I have to tell you something that happened to me. And I, I told her what I thought, you know, some stupid scenario I thought was going on. And as I said it, which, first of all, in the past, in any other relationship, I would not have said it. I wouldn't have trusted that I could say it. It was not a safe place to say it. You can't say something like that. It sounds like an accusation. I didn't say it as if I was accusing. I would say, this is what I was reacting to something I thought was going on. And she let me talk. She might have, maybe you asked some questions. I'm not sure. I don't remember anymore. But she said, oh, I don't, I don't think I would do, do that. You know, I wouldn't do that to you. It was like, and I could just feel it drain out of me because I wasn't carrying it anymore. I had shared it with the person I trust most in the world because I knew she would hear me. That doesn't happen out there in the world. 
Not for me. No, it's, it, I find it really interesting. I have so many friends that will talk about their relationships and, and they'll, they'll share with me something that's bothering them in their relationship. And I said, well, have you guys talked about it? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Why would I do that? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean, oh, God, no? Why would, what, this is a problem that you're having with your partner. Why wouldn't you talk to your partner about this? Oh, no, 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 we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't go there. I'm like, oh, my God, that's exactly where you have to go. Um, it's the painful places that we have to go to so we can grow from them. You know, it's, it's the breaking into pieces that we have to have happen to us so we can, we can put it back together and we're stronger and we're better and we love each other even more. I mean, when Meredith and I go through a difficult situation or some things going on, I mean, certainly every, stuff happens in life. Things happen and things become difficult and, and when we go through those things, we always come out the other end that we're even closer. Um, you know, it's funny. During the pandemic, uh, it, w we had the most amazing time in the world together. I mean, I know it was a horrible thing that happened, but Meredith and I got to spend so much yummy time together talking about things that, you know, to have no fear about sharing what you think or feel with somebody is such an unbelievable gift to have somebody that you can share with that you're not afraid is going to judge you or tell you you're wrong or say, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard, or I can't love you anymore because you think that way. Yeah. Is this the first time in your lives that you've had that, been able to oh, do God, that, yes. That, yes. that, that total transparency yes. where you're not going to feel judged or... Didn't know it existed. Me neither. Because I, I was always trying to defend myself. I couldn't listen to what someone was saying. It was like, I got, I got, how could you, how could you, how could you think that about me? If she had said that, why would you think that about me when I'm going on some little, it wouldn't have, you know, then you're, I'm accusing, then I'm defending myself against, but I was, I was just thinking, I didn't know. And then there's no conversation. It's all confused in this hairball of feelings. Yeah, no, I never ha had that before. What a great thing, huh? What a great thing. You know, I, 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 I'd, I'd seen Dana not too long ago, and I think one of the things I shared with Dana uh, was that I love Meredith so much that it <laughs> makes me afraid to lose her. You know, that we're, that's one of the things that, you know, a aging in relationship together is, is that's part of the part of the part of the sadness but it's also kind of part of the beauty yeah i, I was gonna say that right yeah i, I think it's more the beauty yeah you don't want to look at the other end of it but yeah thinking about that you know you've you've kind of hit the pinnacle or the zenith of the relationship yeah with that feeling but you know it it it, it, it is also interesting kim to age with somebody that you love so much and to be able to talk about how much you hate aging and what it's doing. And like, is this, is this how you feel about this? Hey, does, do your legs jiggle here too? I was going to say, we're a bunch of old people sitting around talking about aging right now. The, the other day we were, we were in the pool together and we were laughing so hard because it was like, look at my butt, how much my butt jiggles. Does your butt jiggle like this? I'm bouncing in the water. Look at that. We were laughing so hard. It was like, I am so glad I get to do this with you. I'm so glad I get to do this with you that I don't have to, you know, pretend that I'm not aging and pretend that I'm, you know, that I'm forgetful and I don't remember things and, and, you know, and, and we laugh. So trying to get the two of us out of the house to do something together is a comedy of errors. It's like, do you have the keys? I don't have the keys. Where's my, am I wearing my what hat? I mean, you got to pee now. <laughs> I think Apple has a, a solution for that now. <laughs> Probably. Uh, yeah. I, I have a question for both you guys. You're describing a relationship where you're very much interdependent with each other, that you've given the other person uh, your heart to hold on to. Mm -hmm. Most people don't do that because it's very frightening. As you were describing before, I'm not going to let anybody do that. Nobody's carrying my heart. I keep my heart really close. So where did you find the courage? Because it takes a lot of courage. It's not just an intellectual thing. It's a, it's a really... Um, um, a really deep feeling thing to trust somebody with your heart to the point where if either one of you died sadly before the other, the other person probably wouldn't want to live. No, it's going to be tough. Right? I mean, I think about that. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> suicide pact probably. Yeah. I mean, I think about that in relationship to my wife. I say to her all the time, you're not allowed to leave, you know, 
He said, well, I don't, you know, I don't have any control over that necessarily. And I said, well, you can let me go first if you want. That way I won't have to experience the pain of losing right, you. Because right. I don't want to live without you. I know that I would probably figure out a way to survive because I have kids and other people that I love. But uh, the, the kind of connection that I feel is that why would I want to live without this person? Yeah, I, I, I know that feeling. Most people are not willing to risk that kind of intimacy. I it's know, super we, scary. I know, but look how yummy this part is. Though. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I get that part yeah. because I get to live that part. I wouldn't, I, I, you know, this the, to, to be able to give my heart like this and for me, for Meredith to give her heart to me like this is like, uh, you know, we were talking the other day, Dana, uh, you know, about how when we met each other, it was, it, I think even more for me, it was so life-changing. It was so life-changing. Mm -hmm. My life is a completely different life than it was before I met Meredith. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, there's there's BM and there's AM. And <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not that my life was terrible before I met Meredith. I mean, I've, I've had a wonderful life, but it's totally changed. Well, she's also helped you feel safe to get to know yourself in ways that you may have not known oh, before. Absolutely. And obviously vice versa as well. Yeah. So. By what? I'm sorry? Vice versa of, oh, of, yeah, yeah. Of, of you being able to open up to somebody too. Yeah. yeah well, and to open up to yourself in a way that maybe you've never had the courage to do before. Oh, not at all. For both of you, because you can't go any deeper with someone else than you're willing to go within yourself. That's what it takes. Yeah. And she's, you know, I, I told Meredith when, when we met 18 years ago, I said, you know, I'm not exactly certain what I can tell you I'm going to bring to this relationship, but I can tell you one thing for certain, and that is you'll never be bored. <laughs> <laughs> Has she fulfilled that promise, Meredith? Oh, <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. You yeah. know, one of the first, I don't know why this always sticks in my mind, um, and this won't be all that revealing except just to me. Um, one of the first times uh, we, I drove her up here to Santa Barbara, I think it was the first time because she'd left something. So I drove up from Santa, from Santa Monica. And on the ride up, she was playing air guitar in the car. <laughs> and she was singing. There was something great on the radio. And she was, oh, and she was sliding down her chair. And she was just making so much noise and having so much fun. There was such joy there. And I couldn't stop. I couldn't take my eyes off her. It was just, I it was like, I want that. Because my life was little. Tight and little. Well, so speaking about a tiny a little life, how how is it that you found the courage to let the world know that, you know, you guys were together? And all huh. that? That's Meredith's story. For me, it was sobriety. Oh, okay. You know, and which also helped me change my my understanding of what I thought my life was. You know, taking that story, you know, and my story was, I'm terminally damaged. And I wanted you to know it, and I wanted everybody to know it, and they had to know it before they got to me, because you had to know that so you'd understand me, so you'd see why I cried so much. You know, it was just, oh, my God. And it was based on things I put together from my childhood, and that was my story. I mean, it had to be, and, and, and I'm probably underselling this, but it had to be one of the most difficult decisions in your life because, again, you had this public persona, you were living a different life mm -hmm. privately, right? It, they say that it potentially could have been career suicide to, to come out at that, at that point, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. But eventually, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but just what you were saying is you finally had to live your Yes, but I don't want to sound like I'm some hero <clears throat> about that. I've decided, oh, I'm fine. Oh, no, no, it's your, it's, your, it's your story, right? So you, uh, yeah. Do you, did you talk about this? A no, little bit. It was, I think it was. I think you did talk about it a little bit in the podcast about how <clears throat> at least you were supportive of her and trying to help her to to come out to the media that this yeah. was actually happening. Yeah, yeah, because something was put in motion, uh, no choice of ours, and uh, went to the press. And our only option was to tell the story myself and make it true as opposed to some partial truths that people would run away with. I was terrified. You know, I thought, as I said, I've, I thought I was setting myself on fire on television. had no idea what it was going to be, but, you know. Can you let our audience know what, what, there may be some people who don't know the story. Oh, I'm sorry. This is, 
Um, Nancy and I had been on a gay cruise, uh, and there was apparently press on the on the cruise, and uh, we're, so when we we got off the cruise, and I was planning to you know come out in some way because we talked about it and everything. Um, but when I got home, my manager called me and said, um, the Perez Hilton, some of the rag sheets. The Inquirer. The Inquirer were coming out with a story. And, he, and, um, the, my, and they said, you, know, you should take it. You've got to make this your own. You come out. Don't let them handle this. So we met with someone who uh, helped shape and guide our story. And um, so he, they said, we've got to go on the, Today, on the Today Show. Come out on the Today Show and then do a big spread in People magazine. It's like... What the fuck is that? <laughs> That's a little over the top, don't you think? I was going to say, just a small little... Yeah, she was wanting to put a little ad in the back. Yeah, like, like a birth announcement. <laughs> and you, guys, right. you, guys hadn't, you guys hadn't gotten married at this point. Oh, no, no, no. we okay. weren't allowed you, to yet. You weren't allowed to no. yet at that point. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I know I, the night before, we were in New York, and I was in the bathtub in the hotel, just crying, just terrified. I, did, I, you know, I thought it was going to be the end of my career. I just, I just didn't know, and I was really afraid. And Nancy came in, and she just sat with me, and she said, you know, it would have made a lot of difference for her as a young girl to have seen someone who that she knows publicly uh, come out and acknowledge so that, you know. So we decided it was a, it was a political act to do this, to maybe change someone's perception in some little way. Then that we would do that, and so that's what I did. And, uh, what was the experience like? I, I was, it was a, just a, a weird out of body experience. I, you know, I could look out the window on the Today Show, and you can see people walking by, and I know, and I'm saying. And I'm a lesbian, and I see all these people walking by. <laughs> they hear this, and they Hello hear <laughs> So, uh, Is that going out over Times Square right now? <laughs> yeah. Well, if, then I realized, oh, no, this is on delay. That's how present I was. I have oh, this several tracks going at the same time. And, uh, you know, and then Nancy and I walked out of there, and it was a gentle rain in New York. Were they, were they kind to you on the show? Were they supportive? They were very kind to me. Yeah. Very, very good. So it wasn't a hostile interview Not at all. all. No. And, and how much relief did you feel afterwards? I felt totally unburdened. I felt free as a bird. Just, and it was so beautiful to just have my arm around you and be under that umbrella walking in New York. And I think I said, I don't ever have to do that again. Did it mess up I was career? wrong. Oh. Oh. <laughs> but uh, it felt like it at that moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did it mess up your career? I, I, well, you know, it's hard to say, you know, I was getting older anyway, and they don't have a lot of use for women who are over 50, and, uh, you know, I don't mean, maybe that's a, a cop-out to me. You know, you, you run, you, you know, I had a really good life. I can't fault the career I had, and it was, you know, I'm grateful for it. You know, and it was, I think it's, it's slowed down a lot, but it might have been slowing down anyway. Mm. So I don't yeah. know. It doesn't matter. Because what was I going to take it back? <laughs> Not easily. I changed my mind. <laughs> rethink this. Well, only partly gay. Did your relationship change that day going forward? Yes. How so? It was so much freer. It was so much freer. We didn't have to. Um, everybody no more in the hiding. world knew. Yeah. You know, so there was no. There was no more hiding. There was no more um, hand dropping. There was no more. You know, it was. It was. That was very freeing, and then when we were allowed to get married, that was huge for us. And it, for both of us, it was kind of odd. We were both uh, of, the, of the thinking that the, the word wife was kind of weird, and like, what are we going to call each other? And it was a demotion in my, my life before, yeah. so to refer to you as a wife was like, it was mixed feelings. But we made a decision that, you know, our job is to make it as normal as possible, so let's use the word wife as much as we can. So when we introduce, you know, I mean, there would be times like workmen would come to the house and it would be like, it would be so weird to say, well, I don't know, I got to see what my wife has to say. And you would see, you know, these, that their eyes would cross and they'd be like, you know, what wife? But we just were like, let's just say it as often as we can and make it as normal as we can. And that is also freeing to, um, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think. 
So Meredith, your your kids knew your lifestyle um, prior lifestyle. to about um, uh, about being gay. Yeah. Prior prior to Nancy. Yeah. Okay. And so, how, how was Nancy accepted into into they life with your kids? They loved her. Yeah. She was so much fun. She was, you know, she was just easy and smart and funny and open and interested in them. Not a lot of people are interested in other people's kids. That's true. And I think I loved you so much for that. Oh, they're pretty cool kids. Oh, you play your guitar for them too? No, I never have. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great image. I just love that. <laughs> no, I never have. But you know what? We but, have grandchildren now, so I'll play it for them. Oh, yeah, but people that know Nancy will understand that image, yeah. though, right? <laughs> yeah. So very sweet. So what's what, what what's next in the evolution of of nancy and meredith i don't know well keep doing what we're doing you know we we have the joy of of having these cute little grandchildren that have been we've been blessed with and we're going to go play with them a lot and jules and wesley you know every day our relationship grows every day it's uh it didn't we're not stopping you know we're going to keep knowing each other and keep loving each other and keep asking those questions and keep revealing ourselves. And, um, it's just, it's just, you know, I, I, I Kim, I feel so blessed every single day that I, I'm like, I don't know why I got to have this wonderful relationship, but thank you. Thank you for putting this woman in my life and having her be who she is. Um, because I don't see a lot of relationships. You know, I've got a lot of friends that are in relationships, and not a lot of them do I go, I want that one. Um, and I'm not saying that my friends have shitty relationships. It's just I really like the one I'm in. <laughs> it's, it's really like the one I'm in. It's, uh, you know, my, my parents had a really great relationship. They really were in love with each other. And it was funny. Uh, of we, we, I come from a family of five children, and there is multiple divorces and relationships that didn't work. And we always said, oh, my God, well, how the hell are we supposed to live up to that? And um, I, I would say that mom and dad would be pretty proud of us. Oh, gosh, yeah. No, you know, I think when we were first together, uh, I don't really have an <laughs> When we were first together, we were um, I was aware that her, their mom, her mom was... Uh, had come from a very religious background. We were concerned about how she would feel about us getting married. And so we, at some point, I wrote up, because she, she couldn't... She couldn't hear. She couldn't hear, thank you. Um, and so we wrote on a note, I think I said, do you mind if I marry your daughter? Wow. Or something along that line. And I, what I just loved so much was how beatific she looked when she saw that. It was just... She was so sweet and so happy, and so it was just generous and inclusive the way she. Oh, my mom! She, my mom adored you. Yeah, what's not to adore? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so we're coming up uh, at the end of this conversation here, uh, and and there, there's two things that that I'm taking away from this. Number one, that you guys have, can speak eloquently about your your love for each other and about your relationship. One, I think, is important for our listeners to understand that love is always possible, right? No matter how, no matter how old you are, you can, you can find that relationship, create that relationship. That person exists for you out there, mm-hmm. right? And two is that a evolving, healthy, loving relationship is always possible, right? If you have two people on the same page that really adore each other, that want to be in each other's company, that it's possible. I will say, for me, it would not have been possible without guidance. You know, there was, wasn't one of the things, I could not have figured this out. No. We needed, we absolutely needed help with it. I, I, think, we, I think we all do. I think, uh, I think that's why the Danas of the world exist yeah. and, and, and other people that, that, that get it, mm-hmm. that have had good relationships and, 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 that we can confide in and stuff like that that can kind of lead us down that path we need to go. But I, I think that's an important uh, observation that you guys make is that you know, a lot of us can't do it by ourselves. Yeah, and, and to and, be willing to be, have been wrong. Right. There, 
to exactly. I don't mind being wrong. I mind being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's harder for you. High five on that one. <laughs> well, I just want to say I'm honored to know both of you, oh, and thank and you, thank you, Kim. you know you 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 you're two beautiful and and, and great women, and very adore, inspirational. I adore you both, and and I think this was a great way for for Dana and I to start, you know, the this relationship topic. So again, thank you both for being here, and thank you for being so open about your relationship and and why it works and how you got there. Oh well, well thank, thank you, you for having us. Thanks, you guys. We appreciate our listeners and are interested in your comments and suggestions. Feel free to email us at fearmeoutpodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in becoming a sponsor for this podcast, please email us at fearmeoutpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. See you next time.